just became a raven. Your art matters. That's what got me here. Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill. And I'm Dom and I've seen 124 episodes of One Tree Hill. And tonight's episode for debate is season 6, episode 18, Searching for a Former Clarity. I'm Drew Barrymore, and you're listening to The Ravens Podcast with Simon and Dom. So hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast, where it's always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in as tonight's episode for debate is Season 6, Episode 18, Searching for a Former Clarity. Dom, we are here... How are you, my friend? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very excited to talk about this episode. I'm very happy. How are you? Very good. Yeah, I'm excited to also talk about it, but also hear your perspective. But Dom, we are not alone, my friend. We are joined by our fellow countryman, country person former Boy Meets World podcast host, back now on the Ravens to discuss One Tree Hill. She loves an onion ring. Tessa, you're here. <laughs> How's it going? I'm good, thank you. Yes, I'm good. Do you love an onion ring? You do. <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? However they're served. It's, right. it's, it, can, it can be difficult to find the, the right, let's call it a receptacle to to sort of contain and then eat onion rings from come on to mm-hmm. a plate doesn't seem enough does it it's not it's... what do you do so just spread them loosely yeah you almost it's... need something to sort of stacking them perhaps yeah what's, what's that what's that game when you used to like have like hoops and you try and like throw it over some sort of like stick or something do you remember ring toss ring toss yeah it's almost onion rings so we're here to talk about a big episode lots are happening (laughs) lots of things are happening dom let's just get this out in the open on the watch along so anyone that hasn't seen the watch along video what are you doing with your life you can access it at our patreon ravenshoops.net but you knew that this was coming you instantly predicted it you predicted it a few episodes ago on the podcast and you said it was because I had sort of thrown it, that comment at you, maybe like a few years ago at this point, but you remembered. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was post the Jimmy stuff because you obviously hinted at Jimmy coming back and going crazy and he'd have a gun and so on and so on. And I never believed it. I thought, well, a load of nonsense. You know, he's done with, he's gone. It'd be great if he came back, but he never, you know, he's not going to. And then he did and it happened. And I then decided to just take note of everything you say, of everything you tell me, because that is a good indicator of what might be happening. And we were talking about Dan getting his heart. And I think I said, I think, oh, he'll get, there'll be a heart, but something will go wrong. Something, something will happen like, you know, maybe 
it's it's in the wrong box or something like that or I can't ex exactly what, remember what I said maybe someone drops it or something and you said yeah maybe a dog will like come running in and eat it and take it away and that has stuck in my head ever since you said it and I'm like it's so fucking ridiculous it could be true so I've just had this element of it's so stupid it could be true in my head and then as soon as we got into this episode and there is a dog at the beginning of it I was like it's gonna happen it's gonna happen there's, there's just no way it can't happen so yes that's the the prediction happened based on something you said and then it and then it came true then it came true it, it worked out like my my plan came together ha 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 how frustrating how frustrating but so much hate in the world <laughs> <laughs> but there it is tessa do you remember the first time you saw this episode and the heart well, it doesn't actually get eaten the dog actually took it away i was actually thinking you know i have a labrador it wasn't a labrador was it but you know that kind of same sort of size of dog luna takes things off all of the time and i go and carefully just get it out of her mouth and it'll be completely undamaged i mean yes okay a heart is fragile and there's some hygiene issues there but it's worth following the dog and seeing if you can just rinse that off is it <laughs> I, um, I I don't think you could risk putting that into a human being because I did think when it rolled out onto the floor, I was a bit like, oh, if one of them had stepped forward quickly enough, there's a pause between it rolling out and the dog coming over, like dive for it. But I thought maybe they already know that it's as soon as it hits that ground, it's to no amount of cleaning it off is worth the risk of inserting it into a human and it getting rejected because, you know dog germs on your heart inside you it's not what you want is it it's true well tessa do you remember the first time you saw this and were you shocked no I, I don't remember the first time i'd seen it which is surprising because i did used to like to update my facebook status after watching episodes <laughs> one tree hill but i must have not done that when this episode aired um i i don't think i remember my initial reaction upon that moment i have got some reflections later on in the episode of how my thoughts on some things have changed over time um but that's like i mean it would have been a shock to everybody maybe not like dom said once the dog's there loitering and if you if you're used to watching this sort of show you think that's not insignificant like that's there for a reason you know but to actually watch it happen i mean that's like this is proper soap opera TV, and it that. Absolutely, I mean, we Matt Sullivan. I think the first time he came on the set decorator, he referenced it as saying, "This is the jump the shark moment of One Tree Hill, where now like anything goes really going forward." And yeah, I think that does. I mean, what's been the craziest thing before this? I mean, I guess Nanny Kerry and what they did with that character was kind of crazy i mean psychoderic to an extent but this probably well they had some uh chris keller playing poker on a boat and th i mean we've had some odd things as well yeah but there we go but but this, that's that's oh go on, Dom. I was just, this kind of particularly pushes the boundary though uh over all of those things i think this is this sort of is the the next level of extreme just the amount especially, of effort that was put into it. And especially it. because, like, we've already had Dan miss out on one heart because of the mm. Nanny Carrie thing, haven't we? 
So you're already thinking, oh, surely this is it now. How many times can they have one character, like, get a page? And, you know, you sort of think this is it. And then to take it away from him again. I mean, even if you're not a fan of Dan, that's a lot to put a character through, isn't it? How can you not be a fan of Dan? That's just shocking. Well, I mean... (laughs) I've, he's obviously like the best, one of the best TV characters in the entire world, but we're not supposed to like him, are we? We're, I'm sure that the audience is supposed to feel a degree of, ha, well, you know, you deserve it. or You know, in the same sort of way that Lucas was like, well, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. You know, like they sort of, you're supposed to be like, oh, well, like, but really, we're gutted for him losing out on two hearts and not ever having one to start with. There you go, as as Lucas mentions. But Simon, what about you? What's your memories of this? Did you did you get to this episode and think, why has this got so weird now? You know, my but the influence on my life is changing. (laughs) I need to I need to get a dog. (laughs) Yeah, that was it. I I don't remember specifically the first time, but I do remember the feeling of I never would speak to anyone about One Tree Hill. There was no one to talk to. And then we've created this whole little cultish community that we have now from that, just so I could have someone to talk to about TV <laughs> and movies. And you basically pushed me into it just so that you could find others. <laughs> yeah, you are my shield of protection. Um, but so, I, but I do remember thinking, oh, this mo- this show is very different to where we started. You, I mean, this this would never have happened in season one. You know, season one is way more in the realms of reality. Like, I actually think, I don't think there's hard, I may may be speaking out of turn here without thinking properly, but I don't think there's anything really in season one that couldn't happen in real life. That's not outlandish. That's not to say that both of you are thinking right now. Yes. Is there anything? (laughs) I don't think so. Um, But here it's you know i mean this could happen sure but i mean the odds of it i mean even i I don't think a dog would even be allowed in a hospital even just to wait right just for the yeah i I feel i feel like animals hang out in hospitals on tv a lot more than they do in real life (laughs) or maybe it happens in america like ross takes marcel to the hospital when he swallows the scrabble tile uh, and I sort of think that doesn't happen. Why is that just a TV thing, like an American TV thing? Or are there people turning up to people hospitals with pets? Maybe it's because out of hours vets are hard to, to find. Perhaps. <laughs> Simon, you have a, a dog out of, hours, mm-hmm. out of hours vet, hard to find? Uh, we have like the Royal Vet College near us and they're 24-7, <laughs> so we're... Yeah, we're Just all right. In there. Yeah, <laughs> we're covered. That's good. It's, we fed Luna twice once by accident for dinner while she when she was a puppy, and we're like, There's something wrong with Luna. She looks really bloated, and then she just fell over because she'd just eaten so much, <laughs> and we had to take her there, and they took an X-ray, and they just all of her food in her stomach, oh. and then she just uh, went on to do a massive poo on their floor, and then we're like, okay, I think she'll be all right now. Took her home. It was like six years ago. Oh, you didn't have to clear it up. That's like a bo- Brucey bonus. Yeah. <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> she didn't eat anyone's heart in there, though. I can tell wow. you that now. So I'd, I'd just like to say, like, I know what, exactly what you're saying about season one versus now, and uh, like, uh, from what I can understand, is that this show is is 
highly regarded and, and compared to with Dawson's Creek, I can fucking guarantee that this sort of shit isn't happening in Dawson's Creek at any point at any time. So it, it does baffle me a little bit that it's happened in One Tree Hill. If you kind of categorise the, the programmes in the same vein, in the kind of very similar kind of outreach uh, and kind of storylines, I guess, vaguely, you know, there's someone on a path to wanting to achieve something and some sort of success and this, that and the other. And then it just gets a bit wild and crazy. Um, uh, I can imagine nothing even close to this happens in Dawson's Creek. Please tell me. It is not. Tessa, as our, you should speak to that as our Dawson's Creek expert here. But One Tree Hill is already like leveled up Dawson's Creek. Right. So I, I think Dawson's Creek is much more similar to the average teen experience, I think. Much more grounded in reality. One Tree Hill is like, let's do that, but how can we make it like racier or sexier or even more exciting or oh no kids these days want much more high impact television so they've already dialed it right up right but this now is going into what i imagine american soaps are like and i'm picturing american soaps to be like the things that joey does in days of our lives (laughs) another friend's reference so you know he talks about oh i fell down elevator shaft and then they're talking about or like moira rose on schitt's creek talking about her hospital show and she's cursed and trapped in a diamond and it's sort of like so that's kind of where i think one tree hill is sliding towards just plucking storylines out of someone's ass because it sounds funny <laughs> like this moment is too much like it is isn't it it, it's a bit yeah it's a bit extreme it's a bit much it was totally unexpected other than the hints so it became a prediction out of you know guesswork and luck i guess and paying attention to simon uh but to actually witness it and see it happen in a hospital in a program that's kind of like quite highly regarded as one that has a lot of sentiment and a lot of meaning and a lot of growth in it to then see something like this was Totally unexpected and completely random. Completely. I I think I'd go as far as to say, I'm trying to think about it now, that maybe there's like five versions of One Tree Hill. And that sounds... I, I'm trying to think of it now. I think you've got season one is almost like its own thing, pretty much. Then two, three, and four is like its own thing as well, like the rest of the high school years. And then I think you've got five and six, which is where we are now, like up until this point in six, but we'll just call it five and six. It's kind of like its own thing as well. And then seven and eight, from my memory, can be its own thing as well, that are kind of like a bit soapy, like what Tessa was saying. And then nine is again like its own thing. (laughs) That's... (laughs) That's like only like 10, 10, 12 episodes. I can't remember. It's like a half a season. And it's like, it's, it's like in Fast and the Furious when they hit the NOS button and everything's like, you know, it's like that yeah. season nine. So it's like a movie. Like season nine is like a, I don't, I just don't want to give stuff away, but it is like blockbuster movie, isn't it? Yeah. Now it's crazy. Yeah. So, and so I'd say there's like five One Tree Hills. And I think people regard the first two like see the season one and then like two three four that's what people think of as one tree hill and then the rest of it is kind of like this other show that still has these 
his legacy characters in it but it's kind of a bit different so i think when with like what you're saying don where people hold it in this high regard i think they're thinking of the earlier stuff it's kind of like the simpsons you know the first eight seasons of the simpsons are absolute gold and then it's just a different show after that um it's a bit like that but to a lesser degree I'm I'm quite pleased that you said that and that you brought that up, like in terms of like seeing season one and so on and so on. Because I had a thought, and it was in this episode that I, I it's kind of like the first time I've thought this as well. Just from this episode, rewatching it today in particular, I thought, why did why is Simon latched onto Lucas, kind of throughout this program? Lucas is a bit of a weasel and a bit of a twat, but Nathan is so like kind of wholesome and he's the one to to kind of focus on and try and emulate or you know represent in some way or or whatever that might be because he just like yeah he was a bit of a dick at the beginning but he's just changed so much and has grown and has become this thing and i understand that your like love of basketball came from this like in particular uh, and for whatever reason, it was like Luke is getting into the, the team, but Nathan was always the better basketball player and still is. Um, he's the one that has the the best character arc and, the, and the, the kind of biggest kind of trajectory, I guess, in terms of change from kind of like local villain to absolute local hero and darling of the nation. Um, and and it, I, I just kind of sat there today thinking... Why did he pick Lucas? Why was Lucas the focus of his attention? Like, even once you'd got five, six seasons down the line, even when we got to recording, starting recording this three years ago, you were saying, Lucas is my main focus. He's the one. He's, he is it. <laughs> He's the dog's bollocks, basically. Eating hearts, all sorts of things. Onion rings everywhere. Yeah. Um, but Nathan is the one that is actually the decent, wholesome, loving, lovely character. And I just wanted to bring that up and question you <laughs> on that. Has that ever crossed your mind to think, yeah, season one, Lucas is, is the guy, but the rest of it is, is all about Nathan? I, definitely. But I think Lucas, it, it's so funny you mentioned it, to me kind of is like an onion ring, right? It's a good idea at the beginning. You think, I'm going to have a side of onion rings. And then you eat one. Yeah, all right. My, my thirst is quenched. And then you realise, but there's like five or six more here. No one wants to eat that many onion rings. Especially when you've got to go beyond the tip. (laughs) Yeah. When you have to... When when you're down near by the base. Yeah. (laughs) Of the tower of onion rings, sorry. There's just... Yeah. And you just think, oh, no, my breath stinks. (laughs) 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 I need... I need to brush my teeth. Because of the onions, everybody. Because of the onions. Someone put these in mayonnaise? What the fuck is going on? It's sour cream. (laughs) I need to wash this down with a Sprite or something. (laughs) Lemon and lime. Coke's not going to cut it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, Nathan, he's, uh, the, he's the man. You love him, really. Uh, Lucas season one. It's not even the season one. It's like the first six episodes. I think uh, we've said this so many times. It's like that 
uh, that for that character there was like uh, a catalyst for me wanting to have some change when I was, you know, 20, 22, 23. It was like, yes, he's going through change. I want to better myself. But as the show goes on and watching it with this degree of uh, scrutiny, yes, uh, there are some character choices and traits in him that aren't great. And yes, Nathan is the better character over time. Definitely. But it was him that got me into the show. Um, so it was like that was like my uh, voice of the person I identified with. And so it's hard to disidentify, I think. But uh, yeah, I mean, Tessa, what, what 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 do you think? I mean, you're pro, you're pro Lucas. We're aware of this. But was he your like conduit into the show or? Yes, because I'd seen him on Dawson's Creek. He's in like a few episodes of one of the later seasons of Dawson Creek. So, so I saw him there and thought he's attractive. And then there were the ads for this new show. Um, so I started watching it because I knew who he was, but I immediately identified with him and Peyton. And I know that not every, like lots, most people have seen Brooke, aren't they? And everyone hates Peyton. And in the same sort of way as with Lucas, we look at Peyton now, we look at Peyton and maybe the last, I don't know, maybe in like four, five and six, and there's a lot about her we don't like, isn't there? There is the she's she's whiny Peyton. She's a little bit pretentious at times. You sort of care a little bit less about what she's doing in her life. So and I get all that. And the same thing with Lucas. And that we're actually Nathan and Haley are probably the much more interesting couple, or probably the people that we should perhaps be aspiring to be. But if you've already formed those connections with those people really early on, and you see yourself in them. Mm-hmm. you can't really unsee that no matter yes. where their journey veers off to um and 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 one tree hill fans if you say oh have you ever seen one tree hill they don't think of oh season six the dog and the heart and the, they don't they think of season one and they hear gavin de and they see like out on the basketball court late at night peyton with her really curly hair like that's what they that's what the images that is conjured up in your mind so and they were still reasonable characters then yeah perfectly put perfectly put i mean dom if keith had continued in the show because he was kind of like your proxy in the show right of who you related to and enjoyed um and if he became like a dick um later would you have found it hard to like would you have still been pro keith if if you get what i'm saying yeah i get i get what you're saying yeah like you you're right he, you you do kind of latch onto one particular character or, or or two you know in some cases and they're the ones that you kind of root for and want to follow and keith was a was kind of like a steady pair of hands i think a lot of people refer to him as being quite quite boring and a character they don't really enjoy and they're not that fast when he you know gets killed off in season 3 but uh, i think he's someone who was making change at a point when I was making change. So it just kind of fit, kind of works, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, if it, I think if it grown and continued to be a dick, you kind of think you've become a bit disillusioned with characters, don't you? And you think, well, let's, let's remember what we did like about them. You know, that was three seasons ago. So I've got to stick with that. Um, and I guess that's kind of the case for, for everyone. And like T- Tessa's spot on right, you know, when, when you go, oh, you like One Tree Hill? And people go, yeah, I love One Tree Hill. They're not thinking about 
season six with the, the dog eating the heart exactly like you said they're thinking about you know those moments in the river court or you know whatever it might be i think seasons one to three and you know pre the or was it one to four pre the the four-year gap jump mm. um i think that's what will stick in people's heads in particular you know the artwork there's a lot of like memorable artwork and so on that and a lot of memorable episodes so i think those are the bits that are, you know gonna stay in people's minds you know why do people always leave painting driving up and down the road you know through all the traffic lights uh, all the red lights to, to see if she crashes you know all those crazy things that she did that that those are the bits that people remember that it's not the lunacy that was this episode <laughs> i guess you you've like made me nostalgic for season one like it's been a long enough time because we've been doing this this is three years right yeah yeah we've been doing this for three years it's we we haven't we didn't mention it on the podcast but it was like two or three weeks ago was three years of us doing one tree hill on this podcast which is crazy it's a normally i would be ready to rewatch it now because three years has passed Let's i go. probably would have yeah i probably would have already and i wanted to start it the other day but like where it's streaming in the uk at the moment is a channel with ads and who can be asked with that in this modern age <laughs> um so that puts me off but i was gonna say like so simon have you not watched if you oh yeah so you've only watched the same and i've got like cravings to watch the first like few series like and it's like it's i'm con- concerned that this experience is ruining it for me <laughs> <laughs> like because i because we are being more critical of it aren't we and a lot of these things like i would have just not even noticed or glossed over or would have just been living in my nostalgia bubble for the show while i watched it that i wasn't <laughs> analyzing like actually this is dog shit telly like this is terrible <laughs> And so now, and before I used to, like, lots of people hate the later seasons. I used to think, they get a lot of shit and I don't know why. They're part of it. They're all part of it. Like, you have to embrace it as a whole. But now I'm like, I can see why people just watch the first four seasons and don't, and then just start again from the beginning and just forget the rest. And, well, and to say uh, it's an odd comparison to compare it to The Simpsons, but I I could watch episodes from the first eight seasons. I'll never watch beyond it because it's, there's nothing there for me so i could uh, i wouldn't do that with one tree hill because it doesn't feel that disconnected and there are still things i like like even to go back to when we were talking about dan earlier you know we're not supposed to like him i would be shocked if there's anybody that doesn't like dan i don't think we've ever spoken to anyone that's been like yeah i hate him um because he's the best even in the early seasons he's the best you gotta love to hate him well that so we let's let's get let's get on with well just to finish that point though i don't think i can what i won't i won't watch any of the early episodes again until we finish the podcast because i think it would uh confuse things but tessa you should if you want to and then we can live vicariously through you and your enjoyment of it yeah i'll update my facebook season or like my instagram or something and let you know how i'm getting on what my thoughts are keep us yeah 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 up to date perfect (laughs) well tessa as our guest who would you like to start with first um i don't really mind i didn't really make notes like character by character i just sort of wrote down random musing so we can start any way you like really okay well dom would you like to choose well we 
touched a little bit on Nathan, so let's go like through his uh, journey in this episode then. Okay, tell us about it, please. Good sir. Well, the reason I got to thinking about him being the the kind of the most influential character really um, is that he kind of personifies that. You know, I would say Jamie is the the most thoughtful kind of character in it, and it, that's what Malf should have been, and I I still firmly believe that, you know, if Jamie didn't exist, Malf should have those sensibilities and be that type of character. I think it, it all kind of stems from Nathan. You can see where Jamie gets it from. And Haley um, is talking to him on the phone uh, and he, you know, the she's essentially being given an ultimatum as you apologise um, to basically to the principal in front of the class and say that you were wrong to pick Sam's essay to go in the, the school newspaper or you don't have a job anymore simple that's it you know oh yeah it's your class for now uh, and it's all those kind of moments what, what's her name R- rim kiss rim sting okay um something so we've got her uh being a bit of a bitch and nathan is on the phone just offering those words of wisdom just like you know what the, the kids are going to benefit kind of no matter what if you do the right thing you're going to do the right thing by you and by the kids they're going to learn something and if you, you know, if, if on the other hand, you decided not to do that, they're, they're still going to learn something. But I know that you're going to do what you feel is right. You know, and you're going to have some really tidy drawers. You know, he knows his wife so well and the drawers are all out and she's, you know, going through them. And she's kind of angry and she's like, what do you mean by that? You know, as well. But she's not angry with him, of course. She's angry at the whole situation. Um, and she's kind of still on this journey of trying to find herself. Like, I mean, if we blend in Haley as well, she even says when she's saying to the kids, I can't re- remember exactly what she says, but as she's leaving, she's like, I- I'm, I'm still kind of figuring things out as well. Cause she's, it's, it's like the first bit of recognition that she's young other than when she was talking to the therapist. This is the first time Haley has gone. Yeah, I'm still young. I still got shit I want to do and achieve in my life. And I can do that now. I can go and do that. I don't need to worry about doing this in particular. I can go off and, and go and achieve that. And I can go and produce a record, which is, which is great. And then, um, Nathan's journey kind of becomes a. I'm going to come back and talk to, talk to Lucas about things, and they have a little laugh about the the heart. I know this is more towards the end of the episode, but they have a little laugh about the heart getting eaten by the dog, and then it suddenly becomes a serious moment. Like, shit, that's my dad. And although yeah, he's been a bastard, and we haven't really talked to him, and we're not really on good terms because he killed Keith. It's like that's still one a human being, and two my father. That's gonna not be there anymore even though he's been a bit of a thorn in our side it's like it'll be weird without him so it's a, it's a bit of a strange moment because they're kind of laughing at it and then it's like oh that's this is real that's serious oh okay um yeah strange but he um he's right like he goes away and everything falls apart uh, and then he has to come back and fix it all so that's that's kind of also what made me think of him as the more influential character of the of the series yeah good points tessa would any thoughts on nathan (laughs) um he was i feel like there wasn't enough nathan which i know like is deliberate isn't it because he's supposed to be away is it some sort of boot camp oh right okay so he's doing that now um so he's just not there as much anyway but you're right so he's like the shoulders to lean on guy even when he's not there and then when he comes back like he's 
Lucas's sounding board as well. You know, even if you know Lucas is kind of filling him in, but like they they have this shared experience of having a dad that's a dick but mm. is also dying and how conflicted. They don't even really say much about it, do they? Like it's just they're kind of just looking at each other and you can tell what it is that they're both thinking that must be so conflicted. Like on one hand, you know, oh, couldn't happen to a nicer guy or, you know, but the reality is one of their parents is going to die. And they both just kind of stand there and in that moment of like, what are we even supposed to do with that? Um, and then Dan appears, doesn't he? But I suppose we'll cover that when we get to Dan. I did like that moment of all three of them on the river court again. That felt nostal- nostalgic to like season one. Yeah. Um, and because they all have that in common, that they all love basketball. And it's kind of sad that we've lost that. Like we still have basketball in the show, but it is very much just Nathan, right? That's it really. Skills sometimes, Jamie a little bit, sure, in this episode, sure. But that's it really. I, I liked it when Lucas was involved in it within it as well and it was kind of the whole centerpiece of the story if you've got these two brothers on different sides of the tracks kind of not really with like basketball in the middle that they are connected to by their dad because that was his passion as well and they've inherited his talent like that i miss those kind of dynamics but yeah it was nice to see them there yeah, I thought Nathan was kind of a bit missing in this episode as well. Like, he was impactful when he was in it, but, yeah, he's kind of used a bit sparingly. But I guess there was a lot going on with all of the Sam and Brooke and Julian, and we've got James Vanderbeek again, which, obviously, Tessa, we've got to talk about with more in-depth with you because of your, you know, Dawson's Creek connections. But, yeah, there was there was a lot happening. Shall we shall we finish off Dan? Because he has the whole stuff. We're kind of teetering into him as well. Him in the waves, fighting the waves, um, is a little bit of a odd scene. Like, I like the way... I, like, I like the idea of it. I think it went on a little bit too long. I'm not sure. There was something a little bit, like, awkward about it. Is that just me? I think the the dance scene was was more impactful when you watched it at the time because the ad break, you don't know what happened to him. So you see him walk out into the sea and he's obviously, he sounds suicidal, doesn't he? Like he's kind of giving up. And then there'd be like a four minute ad break before you then, because the next scene straight away is him sitting on the sand. So in a four minute ad break, you're thinking, oh my God, like... He wanted to go out on his own terms. Off he went. Like, Dan's going to be dead when we come back after the ad break. And then there he is, perched on the sand with the fucking annoying guy running by. <laughs> oh, a beautiful day. He's one of those people, you know, like one of these people that's like, oh, you should try smiling. <laughs> like, you can clearly see the guy's not having a great time. His clothes are wet through. Like, what a prick. Anyway, so it was much, it, it was a much more powerful, emotive scene when it it was packaged like that but when you watch it now and you stream it it just runs one straight into the other so you don't have that moment of suspended tension it's just gone so it's almost why did you even have this scene in here it's, it's a very good point very good point maybe simon maybe you should put ad breaks in watch on. <laughs> yeah please don't <laughs> please don't 
We'll sell ads. <laughs> just space just do, a, yeah. do a th- few of those pop ups off of the website in between. You can just <laughs> just click through and browse some of the websites. So you might many. All learn on- something. So many onion rings. Just <laughs> so many onion rings. So many. And live um, jasmine. I. <laughs> cool now. Um. <laughs> Like he had his jacket done right up to the top because he, I think he had like a life vest on underneath his jacket. Do you notice this? He looks a bit no. puffed out, and I think it's because he's got a life vest on. Because Dan never does. He's he's never gonna have a top done up to like all the way. And I was thinking, why is his top done up all the way? And then when you look, you see he's kind of a bit puffed out. So I think they're trying to hide the life jacket so he doesn't actually drown. Um, but yeah, I like. I didn't think the scene was too bad. I thought it had a good message in that. Um, like what Dan is trying to convey and and kind of share that he's just given up like like it's kind of a big f you to to God or whatever God he believes in um and I've had enough I'm not going to pray anymore I don't I'm not going to talk to you I'm not even going to register your existence and you can throw whatever you want at me you know you sent Danny Carey you, one you gave me the heart condition two you sent Danny Carey and now this the, the the fucking dog that's it like I'm done I'm done with you I'm done accepting you as a as a real thing I'm just happy to let shit shit happen. You know, if if I if I walk into this water now and I die, that is what it is. Um, and you know, half expecting him to be washed up ashore, fully up naked, uh, <laughs> and then the guy with the dog goes past, like, "Hey, nice day, isn't it?" And he's just like, doesn't even notice he's you know face down in the sand with no clothes on. Crazy, but yeah, I, I think it was an important scene in terms of him kind of saying this is it this is the end he's dan's then going around saying goodbye he's kind of saying goodbye to god saying goodbye to himself gonna say goodbye to, he says goodbye to deb says goodbye to the boys cut pretty much says goodbye to jamie although jamie's like i want to go home now because he admits that he's the one that killed keith um and then that's it yeah he's just kind of signing off um which i think is a load of old shit because i think he's a niner so We'll have to wait and see, I guess. Wait, well, hang on. We'll pause on that <laughs> point because we need to get the predictions like more in depth than that. I, I, I like the line when he's fighting the waves and he's like, "Is that all you've got, you miserable son of a bitch?" Like, I think <laughs> I, I, I like that. I, I don't know. Like insulting. It's like insulting. He's putting. He's projecting this image that God is this like vengeful, disgruntled person that's just like giving him his sort of karma back for uh, for what he's done. So I, I did, I liked all of that. I think maybe it was the, um, maybe it was stuff around like the life vest or something. Uh, there was something, or maybe it was like the way it was shot. There was something about it that just felt a little bit stilted. Um, but his delivery and acting was still really good. Um, I'm not quite able to put my finger on it, but. I, th- I think there's a couple of moments where he's, you can see him walking in. He's walking to see he gets quite deep. And then the next shot, he's further back. Right, so it static. might be that. And then he's walking in again. And it's it's a little bit jumbled. So obviously they've done it a few times, thrown a few takes together. And it's a little bit out of sync. So right, that, that so that's probably it. that's probably what it is. Because the performance was really good. And the, like, you, like you both said, the message was really good. So maybe it's that, yeah. It's like the the continuity of it. Um yeah, and then I think you've kind of summed it, summed up the rest of it there. Um, yeah, it's heartbreaking. With Jamie asked him about Keith, you almost want him to like lie about it or something. <laughs> like, not Grandpa Dan. I mean, Tessa did that. 
was that a bit heartbreaking for you yeah and like I mean I, I want to say like credit where it's due he was honest with him but he did he did kill a man so I mean what should you be other than honest but it was that he kind of it, like, Jamie asking how Keith died anyway and that's the first time that he'd learned that he'd been shot probably killed by another human being I guess maybe he's not ever asked before like kids just kind of accept what you tell them don't they and then if they get older they sort of learn that the people die in various ways maybe I'll ask about this um you know it's quite he's supposed is he supposed to be like six now like that's a really young age just to even find out that some people kill other people isn't it and then to go out with your granddad who you fought for you were in his corner all along when no one else was like to that you know and he was really honest with him and that but there's a little fate I know Jamie gets a lot of shit like child actors do I understand that a lot of the time like unless they're Mara Wilson they're really irritating and no one wants them there but when there's a little face and he just says I want to go home you're like oh my god and then the stuff with the sims at the end like and oh my god like I shed a little tear <laughs> I I can't lie. I had I was surprised when a little tear was forming in my eye too when I was just listening to it like uh, a few hours ago when like just tidying up the kitchen and stuff and it was when um Dan just said was saying to Deb Deb was like what do you even want to go take him out for like what for and he said just to say goodbye and it was him even being like you can come like doesn't matter like it's just like you said, Dom, he's just sort of given up. And that's so sad because instantly it makes you think of your own family or think of yourself. Like, you know, if having, I mean, he's not saying, well, he does say goodbye to his own kids, doesn't he? But it is a reminder that we're not all here forever. And that's so sad. I mean, it is how it is, but it's still sad nonetheless. I suppose Dan's kind of thinking to himself, he's not going to get that beautiful moment of, he hasn't got a wife to nurse him when he's ill. You know, he's thinking, I'm I'm going to get, my health is going to really decline now. Um, the chances of me getting a new heart, very slim. Um, I haven't got a wife to take care of me in my ill health. I haven't got sons that are going to come and visit me if I have to move into some sort of care facility. Like he's not, he's thinking, I need to just leave all these people behind now and go off and die quietly somewhere because I'm not going to get the beautiful goodbye that lots of people with terminal illness get today. Like, like you know, most people have someone, I suppose there are people that don't. I need to not think about that now, I'll have a little cry. But, you know, so he's thinking, I'll just take myself off and die quietly like, like animals do because he's thinking I'm not going to get, if I can't have this beautiful goodbye that I would really love and I'm not, I haven't really probably got long enough to get, you know, for redemption, for these people to forgive me. I've only managed to win Jamie round. Um, I'll just go off by myself and call it a day and say goodbye to everyone now. Like, that's so sad. Really sad. He he needs someone fighting his corner, doesn't he? He needs someone. He's given up on everything in his life. He's given up on himself. He's given up on God, you know, if he, if he believes in that. Uh, so he needs someone to believe in him now. He needs someone to, to do it for him and, and fight for him a little bit and go, kind of take him by the hand, you know, pick him up and go, this this is what we're going to do. You know, you're not going to quit on this. But you, you, you know, uh, and I think Dan will, uh, it's difficult for Dan to have that person because of the character he is, the person that he's become, 
you know, the person that he was at the beginning was this kind of manipulative, kind of dark, nasty person and fairly abusive to Deb and Nathan. And that's always the perception that we have from both of them. Um, wasn't ever nice to Karen, wasn't nice to Lucas. And then, you know, a few changes here and there. The manipulation continues, but it all gets worse. He then becomes a murderer and so on and so on. So he's lived this life of everybody having a reason to hate him. But he does need someone to kind of pick him up, help him out and go, right, come on, let's sort yourself out. Yeah, you've done some bad shit in your life, but there's no reason to lie there feeling sorry for yourself and just letting yourself wither away and die. Exactly like you said, like an animal, go find a corner and just die quietly on your own. That's that's not what's going to happen. So I, I don't know who that person is going to be. You, you can see Deb's kind of feeling a bit sorry for him. Jamie obviously loves him very much, but doesn't really understand. He does the whole... Oh, this is, you know, great uncle Keith has come back because they still love each other very much, you know. So who's going to be that great uncle Keith that's going to visit him hospital and because he loves him very much? Is it going to be Nathan? Nathan's got that sort of sense of, I can't, he's still my dad as much as he's a dick. Um, I don't know. I, I think there is going to be a person that will appear and do something for him. Whether that's someone that's already here or someone that comes back, like it's not going to be Karen because Karen's just, too far gone from being able to, to save Dan but it could spark the return of someone to kind of put their arm around him and say you're a dick but you're a dick I'm going to help stay alive because you know you've got more to give and this could be your redemption so you know you've done a great it. job with Jamie let's do more so. Ferret face Ferret is <laughs> coming back is coming back is like you and me Dan I got you yeah Chris Keller just oh, sit by his bedside be strumming his guitar. Amazing. That would be amazing. It's got to be the right characters. I, I'm thinking more along the lines of Whitey. Rachel Gatina. Oh. That would be <laughs> fucking awful. <laughs> or who else? Just have, have voice just in your ear hole as you slip away. like. <laughs> yeah. Or Victoria. I'm noting that one down. No, like, but his association to Victoria is, is like minimal. It's like nothing. They have no, like, in fact, they have no association. So, so why I, has I, he got an association with with Rachel? Why is that no, noteworthy? I think, no, I think, I think Whitey is. is oh, uh, Whitey. Yeah, Whitey. Whitey, 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 Whitey. But why do you keep mentioning Rachel? Is she coming back? No. Why are you or grinning? maybe. Some? Mate, if she comes back, if she's. If I've said all that and like, he needs someone to come and put their arm around the shoulder and fucking survive. If it ends up being her, that is it. I'm done with this fucking programme. Wow. I've said that a few times. I don't think it can't get any more wild than the heart being eaten, can it? I think we're probably this is we've probably peaked now. I mean she's that. she was in a bad situation. She was a drug addict, probably you know, needed support, needed help, had someone put their arm around her. She might have then gone and made a success of herself somehow. And then comes back and helps him out of it. Don't tell me that's a thing. It's no, that, so that sounds good. No, no, the Rachel thing sounds good. No, yeah. Whitey. No, I like. I white. like that. No, no I want no. Whitey. No, she's made a thing. <laughs> you don't get to choose. You've just I, said I Rachel's made. So what has she? What has she done? What industry has she succeeded in? <laughs> uh, what a great question. She opened up an onion ring franchise. Yeah. Ring around the roses. That's what it's called. And uh, 
Yeah, it's gone. It's gone national. Yeah. And she's going to use her onion ring money to buy Dan a new heart. Um, and they connect at Whitey's. What, funeral. like a like a robotic heart? Yeah, like yeah, a... yeah. Like a, no, like a well, like a cow's heart, but they've modified it. I don't, sure. I don't know. I'm not the predictor <laughs> here, Dom. It's you. <laughs> You're not the predictor because you know what happens. There's too much Rachel talk. I don't like it. I want Whitey to come back and be the one that goes, "Yeah, you're in our bed, but I'm going to help you out." Well, we will see. Let's move. <laughs> let's move on to who, Tessa. Um, there's a lot of people I didn't really care much for. Should we talk about Brooke and oh. Sam and Jack? Okay. Can I just say on this point, Chuck ruined it for me in the Discord by posting a bit of a video. And now it's all I can hear when I see Sam. She's like, I don't even like hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like hot dogs. <laughs> Her voice almost goes to a Rachel level of squawk, doesn't it? <laughs> During this episode. bit. Yeah, why? Like in this episode, she's super nasally. Very nasal. Maybe it's allergy season. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she's got the same cough that Brooks had for the last four seasons. <laughs> well, but that aside, she's I I I don't mind the Sam and is Jack yeah it's Jack Daniels yeah I don't mind the Sam and Jack stuff. Brooke, however, in this episode, oh. what the fuck? Well, this that... Brooke, this, like this is why you didn't get approved for an adoption. <laughs> this is why yeah. this this confrontation that you have is the reason why they said that perhaps you weren't ready to be an adoptive or foster parent to start with this because you just said like the single worst thing you could have said to a child living in the care system they're unfixable Ugh. like yeah. what the fuck how do you deal with oh. challenging situations I insult them down to the bone and hope that that <laughs> will make it work. And if not, right? She, I've said this previously though. Like all of her constant sort of ha 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 sarcastic jokes. Like when I get off the phone, I'm going to bludgeon you with it, or I'm going to kill you when you know you're going to be grounded forever. Like all of this kind of stuff. It really doesn't play well in 2023, does it? And that's the sort of thing you say to your like your own kids when like you they're well established in your home. Like I could say to my kid now, like, and not in a threatening tone, but I could say in a jokey way, like, I will kick you out on the street, and she'd be like, "Ha, ah, that's because she feels really secure in my home. She knows that's not going to happen." You can't say things like, "You're unfixable. I don't know why I took you in. You can't change." Like to, to a kid that's lived with you for a matter of months. Right, a kid that's already been rejected by her birth mother, probably countless other foster families, has never been adopted by a family. So she's not ever found a family that perhaps willing to take the step and say, you're my kid, you're my kid, like, you're a keeper. So to say that, and like Brooke loves to do the whole, she calls herself a mum, doesn't she? And she puts in these like silly self-imposed rules on herself, like Julian's not allowed to stay over and I can't make out with boys on the couch like because I'm such a responsible mum. Like it'd be, I'd rather you did all that other stuff than say what you just said. Mm. Absolutely. And we all say shit to our kids that we immediately are like, "Oh, whoops, 
now I've got to unpack that or I've got to have a conversation with you about why I snapped there and you know but this is just like like foster parent 101 like don't tell them that they can't be fixed they're not savable what a mistake you made taking them in clapping here here signing like, clapping honestly no it's, it's such a good point i watched this episode i watched brooke in this episode and i said to myself i don't like her i just there's too many occasions where she's a bell end and then she has this like redemption and she's just no she's she's just awful isn't she she's just an awful human being i've decided that i do not like her i think she's a terrible terrible person and I don't care what happens anymore. I, ju I just don't think I can get past this. I just don't like her. She's just an entitled prick. And that's all it is. She's And she's just throwing that in people's faces. I'm bratty little Brooke and my parents didn't really care about me. And I can do what the hell I like because I've grown this for myself. And I've done this and I've done that. And I'm not going to consider anyone else's feelings because, you know, I don't, I don't want to get hurt and I'm the important one here and blah, 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 blah. And she's done that all the way through. And yes, she has some really difficult times, you know, she gets beaten up in the shop and, and so on and so forth, but just stop being a dickhead for two minutes, two minutes. Just think before you speak, just have that moment of consideration. And yes, we all say things in the, in the heat of the moment that we don't mean to say, but she does it all the time, all the time. We pick out moments in every season where we go, yeah, I don't like her. She's bad Brooke at the moment. Oh, okay, she's good Brooke again now. We like her. But in season six, she's just been like a bit of a knob Brooke the whole time. And I, yeah, just sort of fed up with her really. And I think Sam should have just decked her and walked out. Well, fuck you then. I'll go and live with Julian in LA. Bye-bye. Oh my God, she should. They both have big foreheads. Exactly. Huge Five society. That's, that's kind I of all I got to say. It. It was, I could live so there much. too. Maybe he'd take me in as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> take me in, Julian. I'm one of your own. Uh, no, I agree with both of you. I, I mean, if I'm super real, super real, I've Brooke has always been low on my ratings. Um, and Shahar, that's not just because she's a woman. Okay, I know you're going to hear this in a few <laughs> years' time when you catch up, and you think it's just because I like male characters. That's not true. In this case, it's true. Not because she's a woman, just because she's frustrating. Um, she's an a-hole. But uh, especially like if we compare her to her contemporaries, right? In like Haley, for example. Um, like Haley can do things that are annoying, but you can't. You get the sense of her that, and then we'll talk about Haley in a minute. She always wants to do the right, right thing, and she's very moral and got all of those redeeming qualities. And with Brooke, I don't know some of her like foundation or fundamentals of who she is, particularly in like this season, can just feel a little bit mean-spirited i think mm. and a bit self-congratulatory like the whole i'm a mum thing kind of feels a little bit like that it's a bit overplayed um it's sort of given herself this title um i don't know i don't know you're don't right though like as, as a comparison with Haley, like you, you said like her contemporary we have someone who is a mum 
who is successful in her own right, you know, as a, as a teacher. Yes, we've given her a lot of shit and stick and shaha, yes, we, you know, sorry, but it's because she has been a pretty awful teacher and ter- like we joke that she's been a terrible mum because she's trying to balance doing that, but really she wants to produce a record. And actually, like, she's gone and done the right thing. She stood by her, her morals and, and, you know, what she believes in and she stood up for, for Sam in the class and has made a big deal out of it in front of the other kids and said, you know what, I think I was right to publish that because, yes, it was a bit, like, raw and, you know, naked as a as a, as a an essay or whatever, but it's something that you lot need to read and understand, and I've always told you to write the truth, and this is, you know, she's kind of speaking her truth, you know, which is a phrase I absolutely despise, but uh, it's true. <laughs> um, and she... Um, then goes off and goes, right, I'm going to go and do something that I want to do now and I, I want to achieve. And she doesn't have that. She doesn't come, she has that humble uh, background and beginnings, doesn't she? Where she has that, she doesn't have that rich kid lifestyle that, say, Nathan and Brooke kind of have. She has that, we, we have, I've got to work for a living. You, you, you know, I'm going to help out in Karen's cafe and earn a few dollars because one, Karen needs to support, two, um, I need like a bit of cash to, to do some things like here and there. So, you know, she's humble beginnings, which Simon's grinning because that's his word. So. No, I was laughing because I was thinking <laughs> she she probably grew up going to the holidays at Haven and Butlins, which we exactly. Dom and I were talking about earlier. <laughs> Tessa, did you ever have any Haven or Butlins holidays growing up? Um, yes, I did. I did a couple of Butlins holidays i did do a caravan park it may well have been a haven uh but yeah butlins that was my holidays growing up i didn't go abroad until like i did some school trips we didn't ever have a family holiday abroad it was red coats or nothing (laughs) domino chesney hawks live at butlins he played the one and only twice because what else is there yeah not only is he a one-hit wonder he's also a huge west ham fan so perfect Perfect. There we go. <laughs> My ideal holiday. <laughs> yeah. Dom and I, Dom and I shared a room in a chalet, I think, in the Isle of Wight at like a haven <laughs> or whatever it was. I don't, what would you call it? A caravan? Some I don't. Some sort even... of hut cabin thing. <laughs> and we entertained ourselves. How old were we? Maybe like ten. Eleven. Eleven. Yeah, ten. Eleven. And. Um, we entertained ourselves by trying to stay up all night um, and we came up with a noise and we still do said noise to this day so this was 25 years ago Um, Dom will you give us a taste (laughs) (laughs) meow What, just saying it to each other over and over all night? Just going, meow. Just, Can you imagine yeah. being in the little caravan next door? Because the walls are like sheets of paper, aren't they, in those places? The sound well, carries. You're out in the middle of nature. Simon's parents were not best pleased with no. us making that noise at silly o'clock in the morning. So Was it like bogeys? Like you get louder and louder? You know, like the bogeys thing? Yeah, Weird. kind of. It was more just laughing, like after the like tenth, like meow, we would just make <laughs> each other laugh, like we still do now. I remember my dad coming in at one point, just being like, "Stop, <laughs> en- enough." 
<laughs> so true. And but then you can't help it, can you? You know, you can feel it like rising up inside you. Like it's good. like you can't stop yourself making the noise. So even <laughs> while your dad's saying it, all you want to do in front of your dad is go. Meow. <laughs> 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 you know, fuck around, find out. Let's see. <laughs> My dad had come in and threatened us many times before, like on sleepovers yeah. and stuff, like us playing like PlayStation One at like we, the middle of the night. We weren't unaccustomed to it. We were used to. Thing is, we started to to get clever as well. We'd play the PlayStation, and we'd you know we you forget little things, don't you? So we'd turn the telly off. Obviously, there's a bright light on the fucking PlayStation telling you it's turned on. So we used to. Do you remember we used to cover it? Mm-hmm. So we used to cover the PlayStation. We put a cover on it. And it was quite quiet in those days. And funny enough, like now they go like, and you'd hear it. But it's quite quiet, so we'd cover it. And then we'd hear him coming, and we'd turn the telly off, and we'd pretend to be asleep. And it'd kind of be right, and he'd walk in and look. And we know, we, <laughs> he knows we're awake, really, but he's looking, and we've got that illusion of being asleep. And he closes the door and, like, walks down the hall or whatever, and we're like, meow. <laughs> and then uh, we'd, we'd sort of whack the telly back on and carry on playing whatever we were playing, you know. Good, good yeah. times. They were good times. The best times. <laughs> They're the best times. Uh, um, <laughs> actually, the first time I went on a plane was with Dom's mum, and Dom wasn't even there. Oh, what was a little, little getaway for <laughs> two, was it? Like, a little, little escape. It's <laughs> just a, like Nanny Deb situation happening here. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I was going to name her. I won't name her. Dom's mum. I've had enough of Butlins and Haven. Take me out of here. <laughs> Got her in a headlock and carried yeah. away. <laughs> Someone give us a five-star review. No, I was going with Dom's mum to Spain to meet Dom uh, and his dad and brother. And that was that was the first time I went out of the country. And uh, what a great holiday we had. Spain. Got tanned. We went in the water. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> anyway, I realise no one's interested in this but me. <laughs> Maybe Dom slightly, Tessa not at all. I'm sorry. No, I, am, I like it. It's little like, little core cool memories being formed, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So, okay. So Sam, right. So Sam's stolen the hot dogs. Well, she hasn't stolen the hot dogs. She famously hates, doesn't even like hot dogs. Who doesn't like a hot dog? Can we take a minute for that? Uh, I'm not, they're not my favourite thing to eat mm. these are like i'm picturing are these like the tinned ones you get that are proper like mm. they're not even really meat like frankfurt like yeah it's, it's all sorts of different bits shoved like it's just it's oh. just it's like the eyelids and the assholes made into a paste isn't it and then oh my god made into a sausage <laughs> and it's wrapped in weird like what's the outside made of like not really sure That's and they come sorry. in a tin or a jar yeah. You don't even need to be refrigerated. Yeah, that probably tells you all you need to know, doesn't it? <laughs> I said this the other day when I I've, I've been vegetarian for about about thirteen years now, or something like that. Uh, but when I, I wasn't when I was a kid, but was and Dom, as you'd probably remember, was really fussy, like a fussy eater. I should have just been vegetarian then. But um, I used to like saveloy and chips from the chip shop. Like, what the fuck is a saveloy? That's, to me, that's like a, it's not quite a hot dog, like a tinned hot dog, but it's also not a sausage. That's like a hybrid, but they've got a weird, like, smoked flavour to them, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, little 
spicy plastic to it or something. No, they've like, never been my thing. It's a bad sausage from the chip shop or nothing, isn't it? I don't <laughs> even have that now. I just have a pea fritter. Yeah, yeah, too right. But Dom, have you had? What you, what's your? <laughs> what do you make of a saveloy? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get one. That's no thanks. I'm still laughing at eyelids and assholes. To be honest, I think that's a great. Ba- <laughs> I think that's a I'm great band wrong. name. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> you are not. It's like angels and airwaves, but eyelids and assholes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think it's a great band name. Um, yeah, yeah. Savile, no chance. No chance. Battered sausage or you know, good old cod, cod and chips. That'll do me. Nice. Yeah. Good. <laughs> but who okay. doesn't like a hot dog? Like they repeat on you, but I'd eat them. I'm quite happy to eat them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the you, cinema you know are starting you... to do vegan ones now. Oh, really? They reached the 21st century. Yeah, yeah. I yes. love a hot dog. I could do. I could do many, many. <laughs> anyway, um, <Perfect>. yeah, she <laughs> was covered. She was covering for him. You know, she uh, this is a classic. It reminded me of you, Dom. I was thinking this must be frustrating you because Sam could have quite easily just said to Brooke the truth and then there would have been no issue anymore. But I guess the point was for her was that Brooke didn't have any faith in her to mm. even question. There was no doubt. Brooke was just like, yeah, you're a, you're a rotten egg. You're a bad egg. What is it? Yeah, one of those. You, it, Of course, this was going to happen you're just bad news you stole from me in the beginning i forgave you i gave you a chance and blah 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 and it's like well once, yeah, but... once a street rat always a street rat <laughs> right it? <laughs> and it's like i'm sorry brooke i forgot that you were the you know model of perfection as a teenager yeah she goes in so hard for such a minor thing like a kid shot if even if she had done it a kid shoplifted a hot dog like, are you not, like, familiar with just teenagers? Like, they want a packet of chewing gum, they haven't got any money, they just take it. Yeah. And I'm not saying they should do that, but that's quite common. Do not all children, do not all teenagers nick some stuff? Is that not like a, not that I you mean, want them to, but for her to, like, she goes in way too hard. Like, save that level of reaction for a real crime. Can I just, I'd just like to put something out there for the retail workers in these, uh, you know, fake um fake worlds uh mythological worlds whatever we want to call them but 100 percent, the security guard would have taken the hot dogs and gone piss off don't come back <laughs> it's exactly what i would have done give me the hot dogs back yeah fuck off don't return see you later and then when they're in the next time you just watch them until they nick something again but then you do exactly the same give it back right fuck off don't come back absolutely it's not worth don't the paperwork is it yeah yeah get just you get run you don't, you, like run after them and like block them in with trolleys and like that's not <laughs> a lot and also the hot dogs are alarmed i was about they're to alarmed say hot dogs some meat some meat these days are though aren't they like steaks and stuff like high yeah, but come on frankfurters Eyelids and assholes a packet of not... 10 frankfurters <laughs> cost two quid you, you know proper steak even in this cost of living crisis, you're not security tagging the expensive security tag packaging, eyelids and assholes, are you? Not eyelids and assholes, like Lur pack, ex- yes. Expensive meats, yes. Eyelids and assholes, no. I wish we could rename this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Can you put it as a subheading? Eyelids I think this should be the new podcast episode. <laughs> a new podcast name. The Ravens. Eyelids and Arseholes. Just eyelids and arseholes. Just yeah, eyelids drop, and drop arseholes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> Eyelids and arseholes on three. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I w- w- that should be a new T-shirt for the merch store, surely. <laughs> It'll be another just... T-shirt that I have to really think about what I'm doing that day, so whether I can wear it or not. Yeah, I've only got yeah. one. T- I've got one T-shirt like that at the moment. I have to think, like, oh, I've got to actually go like out. What but, does it say? Or, or what I have does to it pick say? Up the kids from school. Yeah, like I can't. It says, um, "Don't worry, nobody else has a fucking clue what they're doing either." It says something like that on the front, nice. and I, but I can't wear that to a meeting at the school, can I? I need to, <laughs> you know, consider my daily activities. <laughs> can, I, can make I've, the eyelids an asshole subtle. Can you do a subtle asshole well, on it somewhere? I've I've envisioned how it should look. Right, it should be like it's a hot dog that's got like like a cartoon hot dog. It's got like eyes and like arms and legs in the middle, like a retro. You know, like the retro, like make it. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I don't, I don't know how. And then it should just be like across like eyelids going across and then arseholes under the bottom but sort of like in like yeah it's that kind of retro yeah like 1950s that sort of in old school american cinema where they would have like the little cartoon on that would you know like on yeah. greece you know yes. you know on greece and there's the dancing and it jumps into the bun yes exactly yeah okay is it you is it jay your mate that does the Artwork is that his no, name? Ali, Ali, Ali. Ali. You go get in touch. Like, I've got an idea. <laughs> I don't know how he'd feel. He's very professional. I don't know how Maybe he would. You'll have to put the font on afterwards, like the text. Just get him to do you a hot dog. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and I'm... then like word art the rest. <laughs> yeah. Good old word art. If anyone wants to give that a go, if anyone can get a good eyelids and assholes. Uh, image that's high quality enough and will email it to us then I 100% will put it on our merch store so let's do it at cost all of the stuff's on cost we don't make any money off of that just let it be known I try and make it as cheap as possible and uh, exactly. still we're not still... we're not trying to we're not trying to sell you candles and profiteer out of it just saying right they just want the cult to have a uniform exactly where what we tell you <laughs> all good cults have a uniform <laughs> absolutely well okay so julian the mo- wow god there's still so much to talk about the movie's dead the movie's dead. i don't care about that at this point i don't care about it i think when <laughs> when i first watched this this is one of the things that's changed on a rewatch versus when i first watched it i was gutted because i'd seen what they'd done in dawson's creek Spoiler alert, Dawson makes a TV show about his life at the end. Um, so I thought this is this will be like this. Like, that's really clever. I'll do it again. Um, but this time round, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck that there's not a movie. I don't give a shit that Haley's producing Mia's album. There's so much in this episode that I'm like, in one way, there's good story progression. It's all moving on, isn't it? Even if some things are coming to a close, Haley's teaching career, the movie... But we're still there's progression in the story. When the next episode starts, we're further on than we were. But I actually don't care about a lot of the things at the moment. Just say it how it is, why don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure was this was this a storyline that either of you were excited about at this point, like a movie being made? Oh. It dragged on a little to be fair, like in terms of One Tree Hill, this is one thing that has dragged on. 
um, over the season and for it for them to suddenly go yeah we're not doing it now it's just like oh we've just done all the casting we've just done oh my god and suddenly it's just like pulled the plug what the fuck what about the table read we had whitey there exactly we had a fucking table read and everything and then they've suddenly gone yeah we're not going to do it now so there's just like oh, okay well there's nothing to look forward to <laughs> Just Dan's death. That's all that we've yeah, got Yeah, just have left. to wait for Mia's shit album to come out and, you know, them to go on tour. Spoon ballad. I don't, tr- <laughs> I don't trust anyone that looks that happy when they're singing. Like at the beginning? The bit at the beginning? Yeah, I don't trust you. I have no it trust in It gives me the you. ick. <laughs> it's like wanted... we shouldn't be watching her, innit, a little bit. <laughs> I was like... Be more depressed. You're making me feel bad about my life right now. That you can be so happy and joyful while Bring the microphone down. Like, you're going to create a neck injury. Like, (laughs) it's like hanging from the air. Like, she's singing up into it and smile. Like, some people really smile when they talk. Like, they can talk and smile, but it looks really disingenuous, doesn't it? Like, you're like, yeah, like, I don't. (laughs) She was doing that. And I just everything about it, I was a bit like, oh, this is awkward. That's been her the entire show, though, like, yeah, a little since bit. her existence. So, mm. But I think you're absolutely right. Like I, I hadn't really quite caught on to how high the microphone was. Like, lower that fucking thing. Put it on a stand in front of you. Don't hang it off the ceiling. You know. I quite like Maybe the she... song, though. I mean, I don't think there were many other choices in the episode, so. Was there a Gavin DeGraw, Was there a Gavin DeGraw song in here? I like I heard his melodic tones at one point. I think they might have been in the middle somewhere. Yeah. I didn't look up songs. It got to the end and I thought I hadn't picked the song, so I picked the song at the end. <laughs> the classic. classic. The classic. <laughs> <laughs> what, classic move. Can we talk about James Vanderbeek? Because he had some good stuff in here. Tessa, what, how do you feel about him playing this sort of complete opposite character to Dawson? I mean, I'm very conflicted because on the one hand, it's great, isn't it? Because it is a real send up. Like, how could we do this? It's making the complete opposite to how Dawson would be as a director. He's an absolute knobhead. Up till now, I quite liked him. But this episode, his long speech about like before, like his lines, like I feel like he's been quite well well written as a character, like his dialogue, you know, just the whole thing where he basically pinches what Lucas says and then uses it to get the job and like, but this, he does a whole speech at the end about going up in the helicopter and oh, getting your new production bonus and oh, but we should be having a good time and it just, I just, I, I don't really enjoy it. Well, can I just say, there's there, you just reminded me, there's two lines in this that really stood out as aging really poor, and I feel like they would have just been poor at the time anyway. And one of them was his, where he said something like, uh, I won't say what he said, but he said basically a homophobic line about them being in the park together, like Julian and Lucas. Didn't didn't like it, didn't sound mm-hmm. good. And then the one that I think was worse than that, was more like to the ear, was yeah, Brooke. Brooke. Again, the I won't. R word. Re- yeah, the R word. I won't repeat it. It's like, I, I, it like it I made me we... kind of gasp when I heard it because it's, yeah. Yeah, I think we find it more shocking here because that word hasn't ever really been acceptable ever on telly. Yeah, is it like it's not used in British telly, and I don't think there ever has been. 
I don't know if it's still the case in America, but any show of like this era or before does just use it like a fun, funny word. Mm-hmm. So I think it might be more shocking for the Brits watching it because it's ne- it, like it's just never been an accepted term. And we don't use it medically either. Whereas mm. I think in America, they used it as like a, like they, like they, they use it in terminology, whereas we don't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. it's, it's complete. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, you've said it perfectly. Uh, I, I, I like that he, I mean, what he did, he got them their production bonuses. So that's, that's good. And like the part in the bar, Lucas had a good line when they're in the bar and they're going to each person and Lucas is saying the skills and we have to talk about this in a second but you know I just lost 300 grand and you lost Deb like shut up (laughs) there's a great line but at the same time Deb he lost Deb I'd rather lose the money and have Deb (laughs) yeah I think we all agree we do, but Dom and I have been called out for our. Uh, I know. Yeah, Chevinistiqueness. Yeah, I'm allowed to in... say it. I think the Deb is worth a lot more than three hundred thousand dollars. Nice. Or maybe, <laughs> maybe that's Lucas is like he's got three hundred thousand now, so <laughs> <laughs> he didn't think he was going to have it. So it's like, well, you know. But Dom, how did you feel about Deb breaking up with Skills? I mean the right thing to do right yeah i think so i think him like when he was doing the coaching at the beginning it was i think i said before it happens in the watch long that it's going to be kids and then obviously it's jamie and all those little mates uh, and andre and stuff um and it's quite funny because he's giving them all like tactical information and you know has a go at the ref at the end for all the fouls it's like they foul each other like constantly you know get over it um but he, you know, when he mentions to Deb that he wants to have children and he loves children, it's it's kind of like, yeah, I think she's just at she's at an age or she's close to it, to being at an age where one she can't have them, and two, um, she's she's done that. She's lived. She's had her kids, um, or her kid, um, and she's lived that life, and she's kind of enjoying, you know, being a, a, a nanny and and doing other stuff and like enjoying her life. So she doesn't want to go through that again and having a kid you know um it's it's a difficult thing it's not an easy thing to suddenly have lived a lot of your life without one and then to to have one is, is going to be crazy so I, I think it's i think it's the the kind of right thing to do for for skills if it's going to allow him to to go on and pursue that if that's something that he, his character does later on down the line but um i certainly think it's going to be difficult but she, you know she does does it in such a kind way and you know it's it it's kind of amicable and she says the right things she doesn't she doesn't make it difficult or or push him away and, and not tell the truth you know which yeah it makes it a pointless storyline um she you know is quite open and honest and she's like it's not something i want not something you know i'm aiming for and that is something you want see you later kind of thing so yeah that was it was a good part of the episode but again it's not something i'm Picking out as a key point. Okay, and Tessa Haley, talk us a, a bit about Haley. I feel like we haven't given her enough talking time. Her hair's very bouncy, isn't it? This episode, <laughs> the blowout, blow dry. There's okay. a lot of volume on that head. 
I don't know how people achieve that. So much moose. Okay. Um, but <laughs> as far as her actual living her life and the storyline, um, well, she does the right thing, doesn't she? And I think we knew what she was going to do. We knew she wasn't going to toe the line, was she? She couldn't after, you know, she's very much about her morals and her principles, isn't she, and doing the right thing. So we knew that was going to be the outcome. Her kitchen cupboards are very clean and tidy. But as far as producing the album, is that a paid role? Because now you're just eating into like, who was producing it before. And they're, they're now splitting money in another direction. Right. With, yeah. I don't know. That'd be disgusting. Who knows? But I'm not, not particularly excited about that aspect. I mean, good for Haley, but I don't care about Mia's album. Yeah, she must be getting like producer points on it or something. But yeah, you're right. Does that is just diluted Peyton's income off that album? But what if they'd already recorded most of it and this was like one of the final? I don't know. But well, okay. Well, I guess we should move on towards judgments and anything that we've missed. Hopefully, we will cover in that section. But first, if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast and how could you not then check us out ravenshoops.net why dom because basketballs go through hoops but tessa they also go through nets ravenshoops.net that is our patreon page you can find all of our bonus content on there early access to our episodes and you can contact us directly leave comments and get involved in the community but also, if you'd like to support our podcast for free, then you can do just by leaving a review, a rating. It's much appreciated and helps push our podcast out to more people just like you. I just want to say something about the Instagram follow back guarantee. Oh. That, is, that is still there. It's still in place. Any of our ravens that follow me on Instagram, I will follow you back. However, there's a caveat. I need you to follow either Simon or the Ravens page first because if I don't recognise you I'm not going to follow you or allow you to follow me so I need you to, to be following them first just in case because I've get i had a few recently that have followed me and I've, I've deleted them or they've tried to follow me but I've got a private account so I've like deleted them and then realised it, it's a Raven so I've gone back and followed them but yeah that's just put that out there I'll shut up now no Dom's done that before where he's messaged me and been like, do you recognize this person? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, that's whoever. And yeah, yeah, they're they're a listener. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll grant them yeah, access. I'll allow access to the, to the images. <laughs> I like it. Excellent. Well, let's get into our judgments. So, Tessa, who was your favorite performer of this episode? Um, I've gone with Paul Johansson because... I, while I have seen him be better in other episodes, he the others were mediocre. I mean, they were all fine and they were believable, but, you know, he had a lot to do, didn't he? He had sort of sweet moments with Jamie, then turned sour. He had a very meaningful goodbye with Deb without actually, you know. So having to do all that, plus the walking out into the sea, that can't be very fun to film, can it? Mm -hmm. It's probably really cold you're concerned you may drown 
and you're having to redo the takes over and over and start a slightly further different position in the sea each time and then sit on the sand wet that's and that is awful like awful from a sensory point of view wearing heavy wet clothes and sand attached as well like ooh. you know i'm like sand <laughs> yeah star wars good i agree good points dom i <laughs> i was gonna pick is it ashley rickards that plays huge head sam i was gonna pick <laughs> i was gonna pick her because i thought she had some good moments but i actually did pick paul johansson as well uh, for all the same reasons that that tessa said so doubled up there what about you my man well dom if i had three aces and two kings what would i have would you have Dan Scott? And... <laughs> <laughs> I'd have a full house because I would also choose Paul Johansson. Uh, well, he's just the best. He's simply the best. But he was really good in this episode. Tessa, I think you put it perfectly. So no point in me doing any more lip service to that. Tessa, who's your favourite character of the episode? I've gone with Jamie. Which I know that's going to be an unpopular choice again. It's the child actor thing, isn't it? Um, but he like to to take to first of all find out that your uncle was killed by another person, and then have your granddad, who's like your favourite person in the world, be like, "I killed him." But to still then go away from that and create your little sims, and part of it might be just like escapism or like you're deluding yourself but to have gone away and considered it and thought actually from what I know about my lovely uncle Keith I never got to meet R.I.P. he would still love his brother like and to created that life on the sims and also to just be that good at the sims at six like he's not he's not downloaded people off the gallery like he's created those characters (laughs) they genuinely do look like I wonder how much the sims paid to have this slot slotted in there that's got to be a, a deal, brand deal isn't it that i'm gonna i'm gonna google that um so i've gone with i've gone with jamie nice good choice good, choice. good reasons good choice yeah dom um d- down a sort of similar line in terms of the impact that these characters have or the, this character has I, I picked nathan so minimal appearance but most impact i think on the episode Julian was also a high contender because of the the stuff for Sam, but he cares too much about Brooke and what Brooke thinks, and Brooke's a bit of a tool. So, um, yeah, Nathan for me in this episode. Uh, what about you, Simon? Well, firstly, I guess just another thing to say here to in the future for Shahar. Guess I'm the only person choosing a woman. <laughs> I am going to choose Haley. Because, of course, how am I the only one choosing her? She stood up for what was right. She lost her job and then landed another one instantly as a record producer, probably earning more money and having to do even less work, which I love to do. It's the dream. (laughs) Who was your favourite background performer? One line or less. Am I going first? Oh, yeah. Well, it's got to be like the insufferable prick happy guy on the beach, isn't it? <laughs> How could it be anyone else? Because even though even though we hate him and hate people like him, like if you see someone being miserable, leave him be. Um, he delivers it perfectly. 
while close. running and taking care of a dog. You know, that's not easy. Outdoor shoot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dom? Yeah, I picked Man With Dog on the beach. Um, he's, he's the obvious choice. It's such a shame that the, uh, the woman at reception in the hospital had two or three lines because she would have been perfect. But yes, I picked Man Running On Beach because, yep, yeah, fuck off, no bed, but he's played a good no bed at the right time. So yeah, him. And you, Simon? What if I had <laughs> two aces, and two queens, and a five? Two aces, know. two queens, and a five. You got nothing. Two, just you're not. Two, you're two pairs. That's two pairs. I got two pair because there's no full house here. I would choose <laughs> right. the referee from the basketball game who just oh, says. Yeah. Dude, there were like a dozen fouls. Go home. <laughs> I don't think that was his voice saying that. No, it was like eighty yards over was... the top. Yeah, they didn't want to pay him, do they? So it's just some production matey doing the little. He's on the payroll already doing the voice of it. Yeah, or yeah, that or they changed the line. Maybe like he said something different, and they thought oh, this would be more funny, or yeah, something. They definitely recorded it over. Yeah, good call. What about your favourite line of the episode, Tessa? Um, uh, special special mention to a nice spoon ballad. You know when they're going along the bar. It's just I think it's just the way she delivers the line. Like it always makes me have a little lol. Um, but I've gone with the Dan and Lucas exchange right at the start. I'm getting a heart, and he says it's about time. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Nice. Dom? So, uh, I mentioned that uh, she would have been my uh, favourite background performer, uh, but she has too many lines. And one of her lines, I think, was my favourite line of the episode, which was to the stoner guy whose dog had eaten too many edibles or whatever, um, sit your stupid ass down and I'll call a veterinarian. (laughs) Which... Just stood out to me as a classic as a, Dom as a line. Word. Just yeah. someone being mad and disgruntled at someone. Just for shut not, up for not sit paying. down. Yeah. <laughs> but it's always also to someone that's not like abiding by the rules. Like that's very you. Like Yeah. <laughs> you've broken the rules, so I get to speak to you sternly now. Like, yeah, I I get to talk to you this way. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say um I liked Though I didn't like all of the stuff that was in his like monologue, I liked uh, Reese's point, James Vanderbeek's point of that the beauty's in the attempt because that's so true. Like sometimes, you know, there's so many things that it's actually not the finished product. It's just the like this, right? We're gonna get to the end of One Tree Hill, and then okay, we completed it, but that's not the beauty was in the journey of doing it. So I like that. Tessa, what was your favourite song of the episode? Well, I um, spent many hours thinking over this carefully and looking at the full track list. Um, and I went with the song at the end of the episode, which is The Fray. I don't know what the song is called because all their songs sound one and the same. <laughs> but I did go with The Fray because it did fit nicely at the end. They always do, don't they? They always pick just the right thing at the end. Excellent. Dom. Islands and assholes, yeah. <laughs> um, 
I, I picked uh, Mia, Mia's song at the beginning because oh. much like um, Tessa, I didn't really pay much attention to it. So <laughs> yeah, I just I just picked the one I remembered and it was that one. Um, what about you, mate? I never pay attention to the music, but I actually did like Mia's song and I liked the song at the end. I'm not just saying it. I didn't know who it was by or what it was, but I, I enjoyed it. I'm going to go with the song at the end, I think. I... I I enjoyed that. Um, the last but not least is the precious, precious <laughs> rating. Tessa, <laughs> Tessa gasped in. That was magnificent. <laughs> do you do that every time now? Or is I that do. just been, for tonight? I do been... like a slightly different version of that. Every I know. Time. But, but we have get this far in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't listened. I won't know because I I don't want to tell you how long I haven't listened for. <laughs> we started splitting yes. the these lines up because I realised that I think we realised that I talk so much by doing all of the questions. So there's a few of them we split up, and Dom does a different like delivery of them each time. So yeah, we've been doing that for probably about a year. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds about right. <laughs> you got catching up to do. Stop watching. I'm at the watch along every week. I can't do it all. Oh my god. <laughs> well, Tessa, did you have a number in mind before we had this conversation? I did. Did it increase, decrease, or stay the same? It stayed the same. Dom, same questions. I had a number, and it has stayed the same. And you, Simon. Same questions. Uh, I had a number, and I'm like teetering between going up or keeping oh. it the same. Uh, I think I'm gonna go up. Okay. <laughs> so we will say them together after three, and the bait, the debate, the debate will ensue. One, two, three, eight, eight, seven. So for clarity, Don was a seven, Tessa was an eight, I was an eight. Tessa, let's start with you. How rigid are you on this eight? I, my gut was telling me eight as I was watching it this afternoon. And then afterwards I was like, oh, have I been too generous with an eight? But now that we've talked it through and I made a little list of reasons, I'm like, no, it's an eight. I think so too. I was at a seven, and then when we've talked it through, I thought actually there's a lot that happens here, and a lot that I've enjoyed, and a lot of emotions that've been displayed, and a lot of points that are moving things along and giving uh, conclusions or changing the stakes or you know whatever it is. So I think an eight is is fair. Dom, how rigid are you on the seven? Were you teetering on going up to a nine? No, no, I was on a seven. I teetered oh, up, seven, to right, up to an eight. Okay, fair enough. Um, well, I, I think I'm not like rigid, rigid. I do understand that this episode sticks out, but, it, it, you know, because of the heart thing and it was a bit crazy and ridiculous and stuff like that. But I suppose we have to have these talking points. Otherwise, there's no point in us doing a podcast about it. Um there's some really good moments like the sam moments and uh we don't really talk about we didn't really mention when jack returns with brooke and that's kind of her 
redemption moment in the episode because she always has to have one because she always fucks up at some point. Um, <laughs> I guess well, I guess it's human nature, but she seems to do it more than most. Um, it's it's difficult. I, I kind of want to give it an eight as well, but I, I sort of think the quality of the episode is a seven. Yeah, I agree that there was a lot of really good points, a lot of good like emotion. Haley standing up in front of her boss and standing in front of the class and saying, just be true, be true to yourselves, be true to your writing, do what you're going to do, peace out, kids, uh, I'm gone. And then she just walks into the, the producer job, like bullies painting into giving her the job. Um, and there's a lot going on. I mean, we didn't even really talk about Peyton much as well, like Peyton's journey and when she's talking to at the, the grave, talking to her mum, uh, you know, the gravestone, and she's kind of almost accepting that she's going to die. And she's like putting a good word for me up there, you know, so she's still sort of joking, but she's sort of accepting it. Um, very strange sort of scenario. So I, I kind of do see why you would teeter between the two. So I, I'm willing, I'm willing to, to be flexible on this episode because of the content of it. Have other episodes this season got an eight so far? I think we had so. other eights where they're not like, we're not going like above like two points above what we've already had. Because that no. would be too generous. We've but... had a, we've had a ten somewhere. We had two tens this season already. Yeah, but we've had we had our first ever five, also. As well, so we've had our yeah. lowest ever rating in this season. So it has it's... had its moments, but it's been a fairly consistent kind of six seven kind of season, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, I I think I I think seven's fair, but I would be willing to go to an eight if you two are firm in the eight zone because I, I i can see why people would hold it in high regard i just think there's elements and there's certain things that just don't make it that special but yeah okay it's kind of carrying on the story and pushing it to that next level we've fucking been in off the film finally you know rather than it being made so there's elements like that so i am willing to move if you two aren't willing to drop if that makes sense I think eight. I think eight would be good because I don't know how many more eights we're gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I think a lot of other ravens would be unhappy if the Dan's heart getting eaten by a dog in front of him didn't feature, didn't score very highly because that's okay. I mean, like, there's there's other good stuff like James Vanderbeek helps just because he's in it that helps lift it up. We get Evan Peters has got somewhere warm to sleep tonight, you know, like the Jamie stuff, the Sims is that like, so there are, there's a lot of it I'd like to just forget and it's really irritating, but a <laughs> heart gets eaten. Then it's an eight. Let's call it an eight. Let's seal it's that one eight. in. Then this one is in the history books as an eight. Tessa, thank you so much for coming on. We always evidently have a great time with you onion rings meow, eyelids <laughs> and assholes it's been a whole journey and uh a lot of food a lot of food chats disgusting yes. food chat lots of hunger well, we've really enjoyed it so thank you for your time thank you for your support thanks we for having me always a pleasure i only have one word uh for you tessa and that's uh, marvelous you you are marvelous so oh that's you. a nice one thanks thank you thank you so much I was thinking, I was like, onion rings is two words. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, and I was concerned about which word you would choose, but oh, so marvellous is great. I'm well, not that it, horrible, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. 
Well, <laughs> Tessa, then it's up to you. What will, how will Dom do the Ravens chant to see us out? Oh my god, I hadn't even thought this through. Um, this be the one thing I would think of. Can we <laughs> do it in the style of a, but, a really enthusiastic Butlin red coat? That's yeah. About intro- they're introducing Chesney Hawks. Okay. Like, this right. is the pinnacle of their career, you know? Oh, wow, okay. You ready? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hi, everybody. You having a great time? How are we Ooh. doing? We're looking at How's it going? You, you with the buns in your hair. You're looking like you're having an absolutely marvellous time. Love it. Love what you're doing. You with a new T-shirt as well. It looks fantastic, my friend. Oh, Looks yeah. a little bit shiny, but I can tell it's cotton. Absolutely <laughs> loving life. we got Chesney Hawks coming up for you in just a moment. But just before we get there, I've, I've got to get the crowd going. Let's get the crowd going. I want to hear some, I want to hear some stuff Woo-hoo! from you. Come on, guys. Come on. Let's, let's, let's get some cheer. Let's get some cheer. And what we're going to do, we're going to do Ravens on three. It sounds totally random, but you're going to absolutely understand when Chesney comes out. So Ravens <laughs> on three. Ready? One, two, and three. Ravens! Ravens! <laughs> Dom, that was so good. <laughs>